This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Welcome to part two of our 2021 year in review. So now, all right, let's get into the best part of the year. Our favorite shows of 2021. Yep. And uh, I guess we should start with Young Rock on NBC. Who would have thought that you could take the life story of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, make it sort of like Wonder Years style in different time periods, and make a very entertaining show out of it? Yeah, even more entertaining than the actual Wonder Years reboot that aired this year, when that was pretty darn entertaining. But you know what I love? What I love about Young Rock is how they go through the different time periods of Rock's life, like when his dad was wrestling when he was a little kid, to when uh, he was growing up in high school, to when he was playing college football in Miami. The stuff with him in the University of Miami is some of my favorite parts of the show, Mike. And I think you know why it's some of my favorite parts of the show. For the guy that I think played, I do. The guy who plays the um the young version of the former LSU head coach. Oh boy. Are we not gonna mention his name? I I don't know how to pronounce his name since I'm terrible at pronouncing his name. Ed Orgeron. Oh Ed Orgeron, yeah. I'm terrible at pronouncing names the way they're spelled. As you've probably figured out during the 220s of the episodes. But yeah, the guy that plays him is amazing on that show. Hey, you! Give me some coffee grounds to chew. I am tired as a one legged cat in a sandbox. Yes, Coach Oldron. Sanka! I don't chew on Sanka, son. You find me that good Italian crap with the gondola on it. Yeah. All right, who's next? He is, yes. Yeah, uh, Emmett Skilton, by the way, is oh. his name. He should get an Emmy just for imitating him. Yep. And like nine-tenths of the cast of Young Rock originating in New Zealand. Oh, really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the guy that got to play um, the uh, Iron Sheik on that show is pretty good, too. Do they have the guy who played Iron Sheik? On the cast list? On the cast list? Oh, yep, Brett Azar is the Iron Sheik. Yes. Oh, and by the way, we're recording this on December 26th, the 38th anniversary of when the Iron Sheik won the WWF title at Madison Square Garden from that howdy-doody Bob Backlund. So... Yep. Oh, oh, oh my god, I didn't even realize this until I, until I saw this. What? Okay, so playing the Wild Samoans, Sika and Afa Aonoa'i, Fasi Tua Amosa and John Tui. John Tui played Doggy Kruger on Power Rangers SPD. Oh, wow. It all comes back to Power Rangers, people. There's a lot of connections. It usually come back to like five or six shows. And Power Rangers, I think, is one of them. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's on our official list of things that it always comes back he to. Is, but... he, no, he was in the same season as the Dreadlock Dude on Turner and Hooch. The Turner and Hooch reboot? Yes. Oh, God. 
Well, the less said about the Turner and Hooch reboot, the better. I liked it. Leave me alone. Okay, well. All right. Well, let's get back into MCU again. Another great show that came from Disney Plus mm-hmm. was Loki. Yep. Loki, fun with multiverses, basically. The show that officially gave us the multiverse. Yep, and also Crocodile Loki. That's right. Loki as a crocodile. As well as many different variants of Loki. You have Kid Loki. You have Black Loki. You have President Loki. Hot female Loki. Yes, hot female Loki, who Loki has a boater for. We're not allowed to tell you what happens between the two Lokis, by the way. But no. suffice it to say, he enjoys every moment of it. Yes. But the finale of Loki season one. The most that, inc- just sets up, that just sets everything up. That's going to set everything up to phase four because it introduces Jonathan Majors into the MCU as he who remains, who is a variant of Kang the Conqueror from the Fantastic Four. And he's going to be a central player in the next Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, and presumably the Fantastic Four movie when it comes out. And he's definitely going to be in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness when that comes out. And you know what? From what I'm hearing, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness next year is going to have some great surprises. If you thought the surprises in No Way Home were something. And uh, by the way, the surprises in No Way Home were indeed something. Uh, We were in a packed theater. We went absolutely bonkers when Daredevil showed up. That's right. And you know what, Chico? I would say those surprises were definitely amazing. Uh, my back. <laughs> well, you know what? They were amazing. They were amazing. They were amazing. But, oh, my back, it hurts. Oh. M- moving on. Okay, if you were to tell me that two TV shows that feature girl groups getting back together for one final shot at success were to be big things, one on network and one on streaming. I would have been like What? What? But that's what happens. We had Queens on ABC. But the show I want to talk about right now Girls Five Eva on Peacock. Girls Five Eva, yeah. Which is from the uh Tina Fey universe yeah, of the shows. Tina Fey, the, the Tina Fey absurdist universe of uh, TV shows with um, Sarah Bareilles and Busy Phillips and and uh, Paula Pell and um, the, uh, uh, the Renee, Renee Elise Goldsberry. Yeah, Angelica from Hamilton. Yes. The original. No, yeah, the original Angelica from Hamilton. 
They were basically four-fifths of a girl group. The fifth one sadly killed off in the first episode. I think it was like a pool accident. Didn't they say it was a, like some accident? Well, she died in an infinity pool accident in 2004 and was memorialized by a bench Pork made bench. by her bandmates. <laughs> She was immortalized in a park bench that no one gave a crap about. That they moved the park bench to the restaurant that Sarah Bareilles' brother's character owns. I thought it was her husband, but okay. Nope, it was her brother. My mistake. Yeah, it was her brother, yeah. Who was played by the uh, the Mayhem guy from the Allstate commercials. Dean Winters? Yes, that guy. But yeah, there was a lot of great cameos in this show. Yep. I, th- I think Stephen Colbert had a cameo in uh, one of the episodes. Um, uh, Jimmy Fallon, Andrew Rannells, Tina Fey, Bowen Yang, yeah, Bowen Vanessa Yang- Williams. Vanessa Williams was great. Bowen Yang's cameo was pretty good. But yeah, it's getting a second season on Peacock in 2022, and I can't wait. It was very good. But okay. It was, it was really good. Queens yes. is okay too. Queens is okay too. Okay. Now, Mike, I want to get to a show you liked in 2021. And that was the American version of The Cube. I think it's because we've seen the foreign versions for so long and we've raved about it for so long. I mean, we're talking literally like. 12 years since it debuted in the UK. We were and waiting, waiting, waiting for like waiting, waiting, waiting. And I thought we had the perfect host in the pilot that was done about 11 years ago in Neil Patrick Harris. He would have rocked it. Yes. Like, can you imagine him hosting it? Oh. And the thing is, we just never felt that that itch was going to be scratched. Lo and behold, there was a reboot of the cube in the UK uh, in 2020 and it got picked up by TBS for broadcast in 2021 with Dwayne Wade hosting. And mind you, Dwayne Wade is not a TV host by nature, but he comes across so well in this version. Oh, he is he, very perfect. He nailed it. He, he, nailed he it. absolutely hit it out of the park. I know it's the wrong sport. He was a basketball player, and that's a baseball metaphor. But he did hit it out of the park. And uh, they are casting for a second season now. I remember getting an email within the last two months saying, hey, we're coming back. We need contestants. Um, So that's great. But everything is just so authentic compared to the UK version. Because sometimes when shows come overseas, they get Americanized and in essence, they get bastardized somewhat. This is just like the British version. Yes. It, it, I mean, the graphics are like the British version. The rules are like the British version. The games are like what they do in the original version. And it draws so much tension. The one thing that I'm not a fan of is that they break for commercials or even end shows in the middle of a game. Yeah. But again, that, that's them drawing out the drama. But it, it, this is one of those games where everybody I've talked to about it raves about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you love the games. You love the drama. Again, Dwayne Wade does a heck of a job. 
the, the one oddity is having Dwayne Wade as a lifeline, but it works. I mean, he's yeah. a world-class athlete and, and, and really his uh, success rate is pretty high. He did miss like one, maybe two of the attempts that he did in the course of the first season, but it's uh, it, it, again, it's that itch that needed to be scratched for well over a decade. And it was a welcome sight this year. It really was. Yes. It really was. Okay. Well, I'd say another unexpected hit in uh, 2021 was what well, we talked about Steve Martin earlier. He reunited with his fellow uh, Three Amigos castmate, Martin Short, with a new show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. And I think the third wheel on that show was someone who you wouldn't have expected would work with Steve Martin and Martin Short. But indeed she does. Selena Gomez. Yes. And really, yeah. like, they work well together. It's just they, amazing. They really did. That that was a really solid premise of a really solid cast of characters. And it likes to straddle the line between mysterious and zany. And I think that's why it works so well. It just got renewed, I think, for a second season. Yep. And joining the cast is uh, Cara Delevingne from the first Suicide Squad movie. Oh, that's a good addition. So, Yeah. Season two of Only Murders in the Building. Can't wait for that. But okay, uh, let's get into one show you liked, Chico. That was a reboot of a previous show. And that would be uh, the remake of uh, Doogie Howser. Yes, it was Doogie Kamealoha, MD, which is basically taking the Doogie Howser, the Doogie Howser over and uh, genre flipping it. Instead of being this um, only child, she actually comes from a rather large family and uh, people you don't think would have uh, worked at it, but totally do uh, were Peyton Elizabeth Lee as Doogie, depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. Because yeah, Doogie or uh, her real name, Dr. Lahela Kamealoha, or if you're talking to somebody else, it's, She's a real-life Doogie Hauser. Yeah, because in this universe, Doogie Hauser's a show. Yeah. But you have her and her parents are played by uh, Jason Scott Lee from The Jungle Book and Dragon the Bruce Lee Story. And Kathleen Rose Perkins from that one episode of How I Met Your Mother, where that one lady was hugging everybody. Oh, that is true. I forgot that when she was that person that was fucking everybody that was weird also um uh ronnie cheng was on that show too yep and so was the late great uh al harrington oh not that al harrington from uh family guy but no the the actual al Hel- al harrington the guy from hawaii 50 yeah all right so that was a fun show but hey Oh, a show that I think is just was one of the most unusual shows. Like, really? But it kind of was a fun show. Was uh, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures on A&E. Oh, yeah. That was basically what would happen if we took Palm Stars and added WWE Superstars. Well, and also thrown in a little bit of Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite series this past summer. Yeah, 
And my favorite episode was the um the search for Ric Flair's butterfly robe from the nineteen ninety two Royal Rumble. I where, remember that butterfly robe. Yeah. That he uh, wore in the epic match where he wrestled an hour and basically outworked the entire WWF roster in nineteen ninety two. But the story about how he lost the robe in a hotel room what? in Tennessee somewhere and it was like this big like mystery for years, like where this robe was. So like the whole process of them trying to connect the dots to find this robe was like so fascinating because it's like such an iconic robe. It's just I, I highly recommend you watch that episode because it's it's a very fascinating story to how they found that robe. But yeah, now, you see, my favorite episode was Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, yes. Especially when they're finding stuff uh, from that episode of Letterman. Oh, with Andy Kaufman. They found the neck brace Andy Kaufman wore. What? That was one of the items they found on that episode was the neck brace Andy Kaufman wore. Wow. And it was actually valued at like $10,000. Who knew a neck brace could be worth $10,000? But yeah, just that entire series, even if you're not a wrestling fan... It's the whole endeavor, the whole the whole trip of first off finding the items, then going on the road trip, then the negotiations, then the bringing it back to uh, WWE headquarters because they actually have their own uh, sort of archive there, their own warehouse. Yeah, in Connecticut. It was a very fascinating program. Yeah. I hope it comes back. Yeah, I, I definitely do too. Hopefully, I think they'll put all the episodes of it on Peacock. Because now all the WWE uh, network content's on Peacock there. But yeah, very fun show. So we go from that to, oh, Chico. Yeah. I got a question for you. Come with me and answer the question. What if? Ah, yes. The Watcher watching his watchful eye over all that is to be watched. Yes. Basically, uh, an extension of the comic book of the same name, What If, which sort of reimagines key events in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which all sort of culminates in, who was it? What was it that, um, oh, it was the last last two episodes. Oh, the last two episodes, it was, um, okay, the big twist in the next to last episode was Ultron Vision noticing The Watcher. Yep. And so the Watcher is like panicked because throughout the whole series, it's like you see like these glimpses of the Watcher. And I think the Watcher plays like a key role in episode four with the alternate version of Doctor Strange. So the Watcher has been like a passive observer. Like he swears never to interfere. But then the alternate version of Ultron, who now has Vision's body from Avengers Age of Ultron now is noticing the Watcher, and the Watcher is, like, so panicked that now he has to, like, stop Ultron from destroying the multiverse. So he has to assemble a team in the final episode, which is basically made up of people who we saw previously in the series. So they include um, Captain Carter from the first episode. Black Widow. Star-Lord T'Challa. Black Panther Killmonger. Party Thor, 
and Gamora, who is supposed to be in an episode from season one, but because of COVID reasons, that got pushed back to season two. So that's going to be like the, I think one of the first episodes in season two, we're going to find the backstory about that. That's going to be interesting. So yeah, so after all that, he returns Doctor Strange Supreme, Captain Carter, T'Challa, Gamora, and Thor to their universes. And then a mid-credits scene, Carter and her universes, Romanoff, discover the Hydra Stopper armor with somebody inside. That's going to be an interesting little story for season two. You know what I'm thinking, Chico? Okay. What are you thinking? This is going to be my theory, okay? Steve Rogers is going to be that universe's version of the Winter Soldier. Ooh, that's going to be interesting. But also, Doctor Strange Supreme from What If is going to play a key role in Multiverse of Madness next year. My guess is he's the guy who's causing everything, and Doctor Strange is going to have to stop him. Yeah, so it's going to be Benedict Cumberbatch's greatest role, acting against himself. Yep. So now we're going to get to, uh, we talked about reboots, Chico. Yes, we did. This was actually a very fun reboot. And I did a series on Place to Be Nation Pop recapping this series. Mighty Ducks Game Changers. This basically takes the uh, story of the Mighty Ducks. And basically in a universe where the Mighty Ducks are basically the be-all end-all of peewee hockey teams. Yeah. In Minnesota. In Minnesota. So now, this is how bad things have gotten in 2021. Now, they have to create a splinter version of the Ducks to face off against the dominant Ducks. Yeah. And they have to get the original coach of the Ducks to coach the splintered Ducks. And also, they got Lauren Graham to help coach, too. Which, I will watch Lauren Graham in anything. That's right. Didn't expect that would work, and it did. So, there you go. And you know what, speaking of reboots in 2021, that worked? iCarly. Yep. That's the thing I just added as we were doing this show. When I heard you got Paramount Plus, I'm like, okay, he got Paramount Plus. He needs to watch iCarly. And I never watched a single episode of the original iCarly. Neither have I. No. But I got into this. Yeah. And the best thing of all from the iCar we reboot is we got the upgraded version of the meme of Miranda Cosgrove at the computer with a soda. <laughs> yes, we did. Who would have thought it'd be that meta? Oh, totally. It's like, imagine the original iCarly, but with a sassier best friend and a lot of swearing. That's what the original iCarly lacked. No swearing. And a sassy best friend. And another sassy best friend who has a kid who wants your money. But not that kind of money. No. All right. So next we got, uh, was it Made for Love? Yeah. So Made for Love is basically uh, an, an adaptation of a novel which stars the mother on How I Met Your Mother, as a harried stepwife who's apparently spent her entire marriage living in virtual reality, and she's escaping 
only to find that she has a tracking beacon in her brain. Oh, I, this is the one with Kristen Malati. Yes, it is. Oh, I remember seeing an ad for this. I didn't get a chance to watch it. And the first thing she does is go on escapades with her father and his sex doll. Oh, Jesus. And her husband is basically, get this woman back here now. Wow. He's basically trying everything in the book to get her back into uh, her little uh, sort of bubble there. And it has been renewed for a second season, so we'll see if they ever do get her back into that little bubble or if she continues to be on the run. Okay. Well, that should be something to look forward to in 2022. But okay. Next we got, I literally just told you. Oh boy! I love this. I absolutely love this show. This, as Jimmy Carr said, this is probably his best work. I happen to agree with him. This is probably Jimmy Carr's best work. And that's a lot if you've ever seen 8 out of 10 cats does Countdown. Okay, you're basically tasked with remembering everything that you're being told. Or everything that's going on around you. And then being quizzed about it. Literally. If you remember... If you remember um, Instant Recall on Game Show Network a long time ago. Think about that, but done better. What happens is there's actually two live question writers there as the show goes on, and they write questions about what has happened in the show. And the players are not necessarily the brightest bulbs in the chandelier of life. No. Producing some very funny results. And I shared one with Greg and Chico before the show began. Uh, From the second episode, there was a question about tabloid newspapers in Britain. uh, It had three choices. And one of the uh, questions was regarding some celebrity, Freddie Starr ate a hamster or something like that, or a gerbil or regardless it was something very weird it asked what newspaper reported or used that headline and uh it doesn't really matter whether the contestant got it right or not but later on in that episode they asked the same person who was the star that uh whatever newspaper said ate a hamster or a gerbil or whatever and i'm not kidding he's thinking 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 and he goes with Mars. Okay, first off, Mars isn't even a star. It's a planet. But also, second, they meant by star what celebrity, but also what star, the guy's name was uh, like Freddie Star. So they gave you like all these hints, which basically like just took you right to the doorstep of the right answer. And he says, Mars. But also later in that same episode, he gets eliminated. Thank heavens for better or for worse. And they ask one of the remaining contestants, what planet did this contestant say ain't a gerbil or a hamster? It's just absolute lunacy. It's hilarious. And I added this to the list last night before we recorded the show, obviously. This show is only like 10 days old. I don't think it's even aired its third episode yet. And it is hilarious. It is brilliant. And Jimmy Carr, like I said, for as well as he's done on other shows, specifically eight out of 10 cats does countdown. He 
blows it all out of the water with this. This is brilliant. I want this to come over here now, bring Jimmy Carr over, or get like a Craig Ferguson to host it. It would be a hit. If you don't get the right host, it'll be horrible. But, oh, my gosh, Jimmy Carr does some of his best work. If you can find it online, watch it. You will not be disappointed. Well, another show that I enjoyed in 2021 was uh, the show Hacks on HBO Max, which uh, stars uh, Gene Smart as a uh, aging Las Vegas stand-up comedian. And I really enjoyed this show because it's basically like she's paired up with a uh, – a Generation Z comedy writer who's fired from her job over an insensitive tweet. And the um, comedy writer is played by Hannah Einbender, who I actually discovered, believe it or not, is the daughter of Lorraine Newman. Oh, really? Yes. But it's actually a very good show. And um, Gene Smart won the Emmy for uh, Best Actress in a Comedy for it. It's a very good show. And has, in the uh, recurring cast, Caitlin Olsen, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia plays Gene Smart's daughter on the show. And Christopher McDonald's on the show, too. And, hey, anything that has Christopher McDonald on, I'm automatically going to love. Yeah, you know what else I discovered that was on HBO Max? What? Did the, you original, just... the original version of Ghosts. The UK version of Ghosts? The UK version of Ghosts. Wow. Really? Okay. The show that's on uh, CBS right now? Mm-hmm. How was that? I liked it. Okay. Well, I didn't expect we'd have the original UK version of Ghost on the shows we liked in 2021, but there you go. Well, there you go. And I was also going to add, one show that we don't have listed as uh, one of our favorite shows of 2021 is Ghosts. That's a funny show. Yeah, with Utkarsh Ambakar and Rose McKeever. That's the second Power Rangers reference I've made tonight. Well, we're not going to have an Aaron Kale reference, so... Sorry! <laughs> but you know what? We are going to have Monsters at Work. That's right. Monsters at Work. The sequel to Monsters, Inc. Yep. Which continues the story of what exactly happened to... Sully and Mike Rosowski after Monsters Incorporated. And, well, you get uh, Ben Feldman from Superstore as a up-and-coming monster who gets stuck with a group of other monsters who are working, and they include um, oh Mindy Kaling and um, Henry Winkler as monsters, too. That's great. I did not see uh, Sully as CEO of Monsters Incorporated, though. That's crazy. Well, didn't he become the um, CEO at the end of Monsters, Inc.? He might have. I forgot. It's been 20 years since we've seen Monsters, Inc. Forgive us. Yeah. But okay. Hey, speaking of things that got a sequel from a movie... Oh, this is something that we got around to finally watching today. The MacGruber series on Peacock. And oh my god, hey, if you never saw the MacGruber movie from 2010, 
Don't worry about it, because they recapped the entire movie in a two-and-a-half-minute song by Maya Rudolph, and it is amazing. Yep. Basically, MacGruber gets married, his wife dies in the ceremony, MacGruber swears revenge with a team of experts, they die... He gets a backup team of experts. They kill the guy who killed his wife. MacGruber falls for one of the experts who was almost killed in the second marriage. But not only that, he kills the, the person who killed his wife finally. But not only does he kill the person who killed his first wife. As he's falling off a cliff, he gets a gun. Shoots at the corpse, and then literally pees all over the corpse as it's burnt. Oh my gosh. And then we pick up right where we left off, where, okay, yeah, he went to jail, because obviously you can't do that stuff. Uh, No. No. But we find out that... His second wife, played by Kristen Wiig, left MacGruber. And guess who she ended up with? She ended up with Florence Fishburne! You need to see the first episode on Peacock. It's free. Yeah, basically, all we can say is Florence Fishburne and Kristen Wiig Bumping uglies and roll fortes <laughs> of the quarter watching. I never thought MacGruber was a cuck, but I guess he's into that stuff. Oh, oh my gracious. Hey, you do you, boo. You, you do, do you. You do your thing, MacGruber. Oh. But hey. Guess what got rebooted this year on Paramount Plus? Behind Besides the mu- Carly. Besides iCarly. Behind the Music came back. Yes, it did. Yes. Back and, and better than ever, one would say. Yeah, and I'm very happy to have the Behind the Music narrator guy back in my Jim life. Jim Forbes? Jim Forbes, yes. I missed that guy. But, okay, if you could watch the Huey Lewis episode of Behind the Music... It's so great because they segue from the uh, footage from the original Huey Lewis behind the music to some of the newer footage that they did with Huey Lewis. And it's very good because obviously, as you probably know, Huey Lewis has had problems with his hearing over the years lately. Mm-hmm. But they've interviewed uh, actually one person who they interviewed in some of the new footage for the Huey Lewis episode is actually Jimmy Kimmel. Because I noticed Jimmy Kimmel and Huey Lewis are good friends. I never knew this, but yeah, he's in that episode as well as uh, actually Topher Grace's interview too in that special, Chico. Yep. So that's pretty fun. And um, you also got Duran Duran in that new season of Behind the Music. Uh, It's another upgrade from the uh, original episode with some of the uh, old new footage uh, they shot. Oh, new kids on the block on Behind the Music. That was a good one. That, that was, was a, a good one right there. Yeah. And, uh, oh, LL Cool J. Fat Joe. 
Fat Joe, Ricky Morton. And you know you know they're talking about Menudo in that. So Oh yeah. That's that was good. sort of a that was sort of a sequel to or a follow up to an episode of Behind the Music that aired on VH one way back in the day. Yeah. Okay, so Behind the Music reboot, very good. So I hope to see more of it next year. Um and something that we're going to get a lot of next year is the uh, the South Park specials on Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, those are quick turnarounds. I mean, you have a dedicated team, a team dedicated to just making sure uh, South Park gets that week long turnaround. Like boom, boom. And I think they said that they're going to do like fourteen specials for Paramount Plus. Cannot wait for those specials. First but the fir- really, first really two good. specials they did, the post COVID specials were so amazing. And so well done. So well done, but also the, tw- <laughs> the who knew that Kenny McCormick would become the scientist? I did. But not only that, but he was apparently so brilliant that half of the time, the people at NASA did not know what he was saying. Which, let's be honest, we didn't know what Kenny was saying half the time either. No, we did not. No. But also, we find out that Cortman became a rabbi. Which surprised me, but at the same time, not really? No, it really surprised me. Well, because over the years, how many anti-Jewish comments has he made? Well, you know what they say, you are what you hate. That is true. But also, Stan's dad is just as pathetic as ever, even at old age. Yeah. Only without the cre- without the uh, frittatas and cream friche. Oh, don't get me started on the cream friche. Friche! We're saving our last, but also the best. Mike, the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia... That recapped everything that happened to the gang in 2020. Well, we should also add the new season has been amazing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, every episode has been great thus far. They went to Ireland. Basically, like, that's like, I'd say almost two thirds of this season has been based in Ireland. Yes. But the. The start of the season. Oh my gosh. As Greg said, it was called the 2020 year in review. And what it focused on was three different aspects of what the gang did during the downtime of COVID. And uh, we've actually referred, I think, to one of them in the past where uh, Mac and Dennis were were doing something uh, with the voting booth. Or, or voting in terms of which is the best Philly athlete, Rocky or Donovan McNabb. That one I, I wasn't a fan of. It's the other two that's the right, the, everything, not just the writing, everything sold me on this. So the second segment had to do with Frank and how he started a sort of a, uh, a I don't want to say like a black market barbershop, but I think that's the best way of phrasing it. Like an illegal barbershop, as weird as that may sound. 
And at this uh, illegal black market barber shop, he developed like a hair tonic, which uh, was uh, which covered gray hair, and it was made out of other things, Chinese motor oil. And it became very popular, specifically among one person who frequented his barber shop all the time, Rudy Giuliani. And was this at Four Seasons that this happened? Um, it it was somewhere. I don't think not necessarily at Four Seasons, but it was somewhere during the aftermath of the election in Pennsylvania. Okay. And if you remember, after the election ended, Rudy Giuliani uh, did some sort of uh, event, and he started dripping down the sides of his cheek. His I, I don't know if it was necessarily hair dye. I would assume it is, but it just started dripping down his face. Well, this was attributed to Frank, and I was dead. That was absolutely hilarious. But then it got better. The last segment, I think, was better. It was with Dee and Charlie. They got into the business of making masks. And also, it got into using pelts in some way, not as masks. The mask, though... Oh, one mask in particular just absolutely made me die. And it was a mask that had the word bitch muffler on it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 that, that just killed me. Bitch muffler. You have to keep women quiet. Tee-hee-hee. But the pelts came into play because what they did, they supplied some pelts and everybody knows this person from January 6th, the shaman type guy who had the, the, the pelts all over his face and his body. Well, they came from D and Charlie. Of course. Oh my gosh. The writing in that episode was so hilarious. I refuse to remove that episode from my DVR for the time being. It, I, I, As I well you should over and over. But the best twist is, it turns out that they all voted for Kanye West in the election. Yes, they did. (laughs) They voted for Kanye. Again, some of the best writing of the year. Again, the series has been, obviously, 15 years. We talked about that. But this year, this season has been extraordinarily well. And again... Maybe my episode of the year is the 2020 year in review episode of It's Always Sunny. So now let's get into the show slash channels that ended in 2021. And uh, the first show I want to mention is uh, Superstore on NBC. Came to an end. Yeah. Uh, five years. I didn't think it would last that long, really. I mean, yes, it was a cute little show. I mean, it's one of those shows that when you first watch it, it doesn't really gel with you it only gels with you upon repeated watching yes but man it was pretty much an underrated show it was the little show that could yeah and i think it was the last show that was a comedy on nbc on thursday nights it was also basically the end of an era technically with superstore ending was no more comedies on nbc thursday nights but oh, next next show that ended in twenty twenty one, oh, 
the spinoff of Blackish, Mixedish. And you know what I learned from that show? What did you learn from that show? That Zach Boris is still trash. Yeah. I mean, not, not that the Save by the Bell reboot has already proven that, but still, I just want to mention that Zach Boris is still trash. Another show that ended in 2021 was uh, Mom. With um, with Alice and Janney and Anna Ferris. Yes. That Except was on without Anna Ferris because she left in the final season, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't know she left in the final season. So it was like, okay, here's Alice and Janney. Who's she mom to? Hmm. Nobody. Can't really have ever seen that show, but my dad loves it. Okay. Well, there you go. We talked about MacGruber. Well, the inspiration for it, MacGyver, that reboot ended in 2021. It uh, lasted four seasons, which is pretty good. So It's rerunning in syndication, so they did something well. Yeah, they did. And I'm sure you can watch all the episodes on Paramount Plus right now. So, uh, NCIS New Orleans ended in 2021. Yep. Kind of surprised about that one. Yeah, well, no more Scott Bakula. Oh, well. Uh, makes me sad. But you know what? I still got Quantum Leap on Peacock whenever I want, so... There you go. Whatever. But, oh, Supergirl ended in 2021. Yeah, if you asked me, it ended just perfectly. I mean, it was just one final epic arc. It resolved, and um, Kara basically found herself as she, you know, was busy rescuing all of her friends. Oh, well, it's a good thing we'll see Supergirl come back. At least the character that is in uh, the Flash movie next year. Yeah, although if Melissa Benoist is in anything, I will watch it. Yeah, that is true. I'll enjoy her in anything. But, okay. Oh, never show that ended in 2021. For real uh, this time? Yeah, for reals. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. One of the most clever shows, I think, over the last decade or so. Fox screwed up uh, a number of years ago when they canceled it. I thank NBC for picking it up. But... The last season or so, it seems like the season was short. It was only like a, a nine or ten episode season. Just about, yeah. Was that because of COVID? I don't know if it was about with COVID, but that last season definitely felt like really short. Well, also, I think at least when it went to NBC, it didn't debut in the fall, in September, like every other show. It was mid-season. It was in January, right. So you'd have that season from January till like May. So you've only got like a five month window there. So that may explain why it had such a, uh, a short season there, but Brooklyn nine, nine was a superb show. And I I hope it lives on somewhere in reruns because TBS did have the rerun rights, but the ratings were abysmal for it. it. It hopped over to, to, to true TV and, I don't even know if it's being rerun uh, anywhere nowadays. I'm sure 
Peacock or somebody's got the episodes. It's uh, probably Peacock because Universal owns the rights to the show. It's definitely on Peacock. I see commercials for it like all the time. Okay, good. So at least we can still get our fix of that. Yes. Okay. Speaking of shows that, oh, I, I miss my fix of. Well, actually, we still get it nowadays, but it's not in uh, original syndication. We're talking about Judge Judy. 25 seasons. What can we say? I mean, she is probably the model of a courtroom show. I mean, maybe if we did this like 20, 25 years ago, we'd say Judge Wapner, People's Court. But I think Judge Judy is now like the gold standard of how a courtroom show is done. And she's not gone. She does have a new show called Judy Justice, which is on IMDb TV. It's just not the same. It, no. I've, I've seen a couple of episodes. You don't have uh, Bird the Bailiff there anymore. No. And, and supposedly he didn't even get asked to go to the new show. That which is, is just sad. Th- no. th- they treated him dirty. They did him dirty. Th- they did him very dirty. And Judy now... Like pink slash magenta is her color. Everything she wears a pink or magenta colored robe. It, it, it's a little visually distracting because, at least in my mind, I'm used to her sort of pulling off that Ruth Bader Ginsburg look. Yes. Yeah. She, she, that, that's her look, in my opinion. Obviously, with the black robe, this new version just, it just doesn't do anything for me at least compared to Judge Judy, I'd rather watch the five or six-year-old reruns that air nowadays versus the new version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so Judge Judy will miss that show. But at least it's still airing on Pluto TV in reruns. Yep. Well, also, just regular syndication, uh, I believe they're showing reruns from 2015-2016 now. Oh, good. Uh, at least on my local affiliate. Maybe one day we'll we'll find the episode with. Didn't you? Wasn't there an episode where you said one one of the people on the show looked like Chico? Yep. I'm sure, well, you know, after however many thousands of episodes, I'm sure at least one person looks like Chico. Okay, because I think you remember saying that. There's one. always one guy that looks like me for some reason. Yeah. All right. Well, we talked about it earlier, but. The NHL on NBC came to an end. Yep. Well, we mentioned 15 years of NHL on NBC. Doc Emmerich, Eddie Olchek, some of the great members. And, of course, one of my highlights on New Year's Day was turning on NBC to watch the Winter Classic. Oh, yes. Because that originated on NBC. It did. Yes. And boy, was it fun to watch outdoor hockey in football and baseball stadiums. Oh, and I, I, especially in non winter weather. Oh, yes. In non winter weather, too. Yeah. That's just, it's good to watch, but at the same time, it's weird to watch. Like, if you were to have it outside the Carter Finley Stadium, have a Hurricanes game. It would have been 75 degrees outside. Well, I believe the um, the 2022 Winter Classic, because the Winter Classic now is going to be on TNT, 
for the uh, next six years. But uh, the Winter Classic on New Year's Day, which is might be today or tomorrow, depending on whenever you listen to this on our Podbean feed, but it's going to be at Target Field between the uh, Minnesota Wild and St. Louis Blues in Minneapolis. So that should be a uh, fun to see Target Field as the venue for the Winter Classic. But uh, segueing from the NHL and NBC, well, something that has now come to an end is, well, basically this was the only reason to watch this channel with the NHL and NBC. NBC Sports Network is now no more. It literally just came to an end today, didn't it? Yeah. It's literally over now. Yeah. Well, and also, let's remember, in its first life, it was Versus. But before that, it was Outdoor Life Network. Mm-hmm. Well, well at least with the NHL, that, that's why I remember it first, when it was called Versus. Yeah, and you know what Versus gave us? Future entry in 2022, the T. Ocho Show. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm going to have so much fun talking about the T. Ocho show. I bet you are, you sick little so-and-so. But yeah, basically, what else was there on NBC Sports Network other than the NHL? American Ninja Warrior reruns? Drone Racing League? Uh, Poker After Dark reruns? They also had some original poker shows. Yeah. Hey, remember the two weeks that NBC Sports Network tried to compete with ESPN before FS1 came onto the scene? Well, also, NBC Sports Network did air Sports Jeopardy reruns. They did? Albeit they, oh yeah, they did, but albeit they buried them at like one or two in the morning. Yeah, and they did air uh, Dan Patrick's radio show. But yeah, that's... And also, one thing that I forgot to mention in the taping of the episode, but NBC Sports Network is actually the network that originated Ted Lasso, the character by Jason Sudeikis, which is now the character on the hit Apple TV show of the same name. That actually originated in a series of ads for the Barclays Premier League on NBC Sports Network. My name's Ted Lasso. I'm new head coach for Tottenham. Spurs been brought over here to, to you know implement my coaching style. Football is football no matter where you play it. You got grass, you got cleats, and you got helmets with masks on them. Football in the States is my specialty, but they have a different kind of football over here. Kick it! Circle them up, have them put on their pads, and let's start playing for real. They're wearing their pads, coach. There's a lot of uh, a lot of small similarities. A team I coach, they're gonna play hard for all four quarters. Okay? Two halves. What's that? Two halves. Okay, halves. We're going to play hard for two halves. And we're going to play till there's a winner and there's a loser. A What's that? A tie. Okay, till there's a winner, a loser, or a tie. You can tie. If you tried to end a, a game in a tie in the United States, heck, that might be listed in Revelations as the cause for the apocalypse. That's over now, though. Yeah, it's yeah. over now. And related to that, we also lost ESPN Classic. Yes, slash Classic Sports Network. Right. And at least 10 years ago, it was still tolerable. But like since probably about 2013 or 2014, they just didn't show anything that interested me. 
I mean, it was a lot of wrestling, not that, you know, uh, wrestling is a bad thing, but I, I mean, I like seeing like home run derby, like the old games, uh, the old um, sports challenge, the, the, the sports challenge, but also like the old uh, NCAA tournament games and NBA games. Oh, those were fun. But also, obviously, they don't air on ESPN Classic or didn't in 2013, 2014, what have you, because you have these niche networks. You have NBA Network that during the offseason and at least not during primetime, they show older NBA games. Yeah. You have uh, ACC Network or SEC Network, and, you, and they show old uh, sporting events all the time. So... Yeah, these sort of splinter networks, they sort of killed ESPN Classic, unfortunately. And MLB Network, I know during the recent lockout, is airing a lot of the old classic MLB games. Absolutely, yeah. So it's like, basically, it's like, was there even a point to ESPN Classic in this day and age when you have so many sports channels now? And I can say here locally, like, I know Optimum dropped ESPN Classic and, like, I want to say maybe about three or four years ago when the ACC network was launched to carry that. I think that's about the same that uh, Uverse did here. Cause uh, when they said that ESPN classic is ending this year, I was sort of like, didn't it end like four years ago or three years ago? No, it survived till now, but uh yeah, unfortunately, to get your old sports fix, you got to look at these niche networks. NFL Network shows old football games all the time. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a loss. It would have been a bigger loss if this happened 10 years earlier. Oh, and also they did air celebrity bowling for a while. And who doesn't love celebrity bowling? Who doesn't love a bit of bowling? Nope. Uh, stay in the uh, in the Comcast family for a second we had a case of grand opening grand closing on peacock for the 2021 reboot of punky brewster which we're probably going to end up covering on a future entry somewhere down the line because we had the character of punky and the character of cherry living in henry's old apartment and apparently punky's married with her own kids including one who reminded her of herself at that age. Didn't remind us of her at that age, but whatever. So we'll eventually get around to that one day on the podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about it at length and why I just was not a fan of that whole uh, season-long arc involving Punky and her mom. Was not a fan of it. Okay. Another show that ended in 2021 was uh, Shrill with A.D. Bryant ended its run on uh, Hulu. I did not watch. I haven't wa- gotten around to watching this show. It's one of those shows where one day I will get around to watching it. Same. But you know what? Hey, anything that has A.D. Bryant on it that had a good run, we it, give a thumbs up to. It had a good run. Three seasons, 22 episodes. So, not bad. Another show that I think had a long run on Netflix that came to an end was uh, Grace and Frankie with um, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. That came Mm -hmm. to an end this year. Yep. 
So that did come to an end, and that lasted really long for a Netflix series. Oh yeah, because you know now it's like Netflix shows; they can't go beyond like two seasons. It's like you have to have a really good first season, otherwise they will cancel you. They will cancel your ass unless you're Stranger Things or Squid Game. No, you're screwed. They canceled Cowboy Bebop after one season. Yeah, but we all know that was deserved. Yes, yes, we do. Talked about that earlier. Okay, but Mike, next we're going to go over a show that you uh, were sad that ended. It really was. And it, it sort of ended basically about COVID time for me, about March of 2020, once COVID started really making its presence known. I'm talking about highly questionable. Well, first off, the show lasted, gosh, probably close to 10 years. Uh, even in spite of the Levitards not being part of the show for the last like nine months of the show. And it, it was just such a funny show. But then once COVID hit and everything was remote and Poppy wasn't really involved that much, it wasn't that fun. It wasn't and the same. really... Yeah, and really, this time of year is like my favorite time to watch Highly Questionable because the Poppy Awards. If you've never seen the Poppy Awards, they're on YouTube. They are hilarious. It's basically like an awards ceremony for like the best clips of the year on Highly Questionable. And if you've ever seen Highly Questionable, you see, you know, goofy sports videos. You see just weird, like, close calls when it comes to traffic accidents. You see all sorts of goofy stuff. That's the big thing I'm going to miss. They didn't do one in 2020, obviously, because of COVID. And obviously, this year, they're not going to do one because they're gone. But really, Dan and Poppy Levitard were a huge part of my afternoons for, like, the last, gosh, I would say six years at this point, six to seven years. And it doesn't really help. They uh, and ESPN went their own ways uh, due to financials. They left the show early in 2021. They did try keeping the show around with like Bamani Jones and some of the other regulars, uh, Mina Kynes. It just wasn't the same. And it got uh, the plug pulled in September. So, yeah, so a, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this one does sort of hit me a little harder than maybe most people. But I even remember, and Chico remembers this. This would have been, I think, 2018 or so when we were in Vegas at uh, uh, Joe's timeshare. Yep. And, and we were watching. What were we watching at 1:30 Pacific time? We were watching highly questionable. Highly questionable. Yeah. See si or no? There's so much to love. That's gone now. And the thing is, Around the Horn just doesn't do it for me. And PTI, I haven't seen PTI in no. uh, a long time. No. Just, just due to my own fault. It's a big loss in the sports television community as far as I'm concerned. Oh, and I think you added this to Mike's Squidbillies. Yeah, I added it. I, I've never really seen it. but it's I've been... seen it. It's, uh, it's basically... <laughs> It's basically deep woods squids trying to make it in Georgia. 
in a modern day Georgia. And the fact of the matter is, after the lead actor, I forgot what his name was, but the lead actor was fired in favor of Tracy Morgan for the final season. Yeah, that was it. It wasn't exactly worth watching anyway, but... Well, my take, more than anything else, it ran on Cartoon Network, or Adult Swim, if you will, for 16 years. I think it ran longer than Aqua Teen Hunger Force did. It may have even had more episodes or seasons than Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And also, I think the name that you're looking for is uh, Unknown Henson. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, even Daniel a, Baker. Yeah, but even though it's a bizarre show, not my cup of tea, I give it respect because it was a very popular show on Adult Swim. Our next show that ended in 2021 was one of your favorites, Chico Kim's mm-hmm. Convenience. Yep, I still watch that. And frankly, I look at that and I see my family. Because I, I see, it's like I see my mom and dad, they're talking and arguing, but they're so very loving, even if they are kind of sort of uh, angry all the time. And hey, Chico, the show gave us Shang-Chi. Yep, she Moo Liu. That's right. He's on that show. Yeah, and it gave us a great episode of SNL this season, especially the Thanksgiving Bake Off sketch. Which Greg loves bringing up. He, he made a cake that opened up a portal to hell. And Kyle Mooney made a cake that was basically balls and penis. And Pete Davidson ate it. Pete <laughs> Davidson <laughs> loved eating that cake so much. Oh, boy. Hey, serious question for Chico about Kim's convenience. Mm -hmm. Is there any place us folks in the U.S. could watch it? All of the episodes are available on Netflix. Okay. Oh, another reason to get Netflix. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, the 2017 DuckTales reboot. Oh, that was, you know what? That was a really good bit of writing there. It really was. It's like everything you loved about the original show only classed up. Yes. And especially they got David Tennant to be Scrooge McDuck. That was worth the price of admission alone. Yes. Because as we all know, David Tennant can make anything great. Harry Potter, Doctor Who, Jessica Jones. Hey, who knows? Considering that they brought Daredevil and the Kingpin back into the MCU fold. Maybe we'll see Kilgrave and Jessica Jones back. Who knows? Although, I don't know how they make the Kilgrave character work on Disney+, Plus, but okay. Kevin Feige will find a way. Kevin Feige always finds a way. They made Kingpin work on Disney+, Plus for crying out tears. And then you have the WWE Network, which was pretty much swallowed up by Peacock. Well, at least in the U.S. If you're in Canada or the rest of the world, you still have it. But in the U.S., it came to an end. It was basically like one of the pioneering streaming services when it came onto the scene in 2014. 
you got access to the entire WWE library of shows for, they stress this enough, $9.99 a month, and also you got every pay-per-view with it, too. Oh, yeah. And I got WWE Network just so I could watch uh, WrestleMania with Greg. In 2019, which was and, and 2019. And also, we got to see Colin Jost and Michael Chi get beat up in the battle for the Andre the Giant battle. Royal. Never forget. Never forget. And oh, Mike, I don't know if you want to laugh or cry, but you know what Colin Jost wore in the ring? Oh, what did he wear? He wore an Odell Beckham Browns jersey. I can laugh at that because he's not <laughs> with our team anymore. And, and I got a little chuckle when I went Christmas shopping and I saw that all the Odell Beckham shirts were marked down from $29.99 to $2.99. <laughs> and I think I still saw some on the, this is at BJ's at, at the wholesale club. I think I saw on the pallet, there are still some Odell Beckham shirts sitting there for $3. Hey, maybe Colin Jost can get Odell Beckham Brown's jersey. Who knows? I know his wife could certainly afford to buy the entire rack with all the money she got from that settlement from Disney. Yep. But yeah, WWE Network. I remember uh, this is like they would give away like insane deals to get people to resubscribe. Like, I got, I'm like, this might have been 2018, 2019, around, like, Royal Rumble time. I got WWE Network. I got three months worth of WWE Network in probably January of 2018 or 2019 for 99 cents. That's a deal. That's a deal. I got Royal Rumble, Fastlane, and WrestleMania that year for 33 cents each. So you I, can't buy that kind of deal, my friend. No, I can't. But hey, the entire library is now on Peacock in the U.S., So, but it's just not the same without WWE Network. It was a great service, and I'm sad to see it gone. But, but hey, last but not least, and sad that it's gone, this. Conan. Conan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in some of our minds, it died... Maybe it was about 2019 ish when they went from the hour long format to the half hour format. Yeah. yeah. And when they yeah, went from a nightly to a weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Once they got rid of the skits, that really, and the thing is, they did skits like nightly. It sort of lost a lot of the flair. Maybe because I'm not a big interview guy, but they did skits every now and then. It just wasn't like a nightly thing where. After the monologue, you know you're going to get five to six or seven minutes of comedy. No, it was monologue, commercial. Hey, here's our person for the night. Let's talk to him for 15 minutes. It just didn't do anything for me. But the one thing that I'll miss and I hope continues is Conan's uh, trips around the world. Yes. Those episodes were amazing. Oh, especially the one where he went to Korea. The Korea one is, um, there's too many words to describe it. Not only was it funny, but also when he actually went into North Korea. Oh, DMZ. But but, I mean, that was just so brazen, so, so bold. 
especially when you have North Korean military right there. And God knows what they do to you. They yep. don't take any crap. Oh, yeah. You know, if you saw that Dark Side of the Ring episode about the time WCW went to North Korea, you know it's insane there. Yeah. But, I mean, everywhere he went, when he went to Africa, to Ghana, Greenland, okay. uh, Mexico, Cuba, everywhere he went, it was hilarious. Italy. Oh, my gosh. When, when he went to Italy with Jordan Schlansky, and they uh, went to the uh, Italian restaurant and uh, Jordan Sklansky's uh, just trying to speak Italian and he can't do Italian to save his life. Oh, and Conan's God. just like mocking him. Plus also that's where we get cheese it up from. Cheese it up. Cheese it up. Cheese it up. Cheese it up. But, but just those international shows, it brought so much humor and so much goodwill to other countries. He's a great ambassador. That's what I'm going to miss the most from that uh, show. Oh yeah. Those shows. Yeah, Not taking anything is, away from his daily show. Yeah. And the thing of it is Conan was allowed to do things that he would not be able to do on network when he moved to TBS. Oh yeah. Cursing. Cursing. Yes. You know what I'm going to miss most of all from Conan, guys? What's up? You know it's coming. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Definitely miss that. We'll definitely miss Paul Rudd trolling Conan. <laughs> and uh, of course, we're going to wrap this bad boy up with a look at all of the notable names that sadly left us this past year. Uh, and we start with uh, Chano. Chano from uh, Barney Miller, Gregory Sierra. Yes. Y'all remember, y'all remember Chano from season one? Yeah. Well, I remember him more from Sanford and Son, but your mileage may vary on that. Oh, and he was also in Soap, right, Mike? He, I, I've mentioned this in the past on the show, he was one of the ones in the final season, which was like the executor, sort of Sandinista, Contra type. Yeah, You remember all the stuff that went on in Central America in the 80s, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was one of those that uh, basically kidnapped uh, Catherine Hellman's character. He was one of the ones, I think he was Juan one because Juan two was Joe Mantegna, Big Tony from The Simpsons, among other things, and Juan three was <laughs> Laurie Faso. There, hey, there's a trio for you. You got Chano from Bernie Miller, David Rossi from Criminal Minds, and the host of I'm Telling. Who are three people that have never been in my kitchen? I knew Greg was going to say that. I knew Greg. I should have put a wager down in Vegas before Greg said it. Hey. I knew he was going to say, who are three people who have never been in my kitchen? Hashtag 22,000 big ones. 
Amy Schneider good. laughs at your 22,000 big ones. Oh, well. Oh, our next one, Tanya Roberts. Uh, notable for two big roles. First, as uh, one of the substitute angels in Charlie's Angels. Yes. And second, as Midge Pinciotti on That 70s Show. Yes, and she yeah. was also a Bond girl in A View to a Kill. And she was also a Bond girl in A View to a Kill. Next up, oh, this one, you'd think he would be eternal. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that, I, I, he lived to a ripe age. Norman Lloyd. Oh, what a long life he led. Indeed. 105 when he passed or 106? Yeah, I think 105, 106. But... Well, he's at least 105. I don't know if it's 105 or 106. But we've talked about him because he was on St. Elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also because he was on the week of Match Game Hollywood Squares with the cast of St. Elsewhere. Yes. Yep. And believe he- it or not, the, 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 that panel for that week, he's the first person to pass. Yeah. 37 years later, everybody else from that week is still alive. Uh Everybody from that week was still alive, I should say, until Norman Lloyd passed. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's crazy if you think of just about the odds of that happening. And then you have the uncrowned king of daytime television, Stuart Damon, a.k.a. Dr. Alan Quartermain on General Hospital, played that role for 30 years. Yeah. 30 wow. years. Unbelievable. Just insane. And he was also on the short-lived Space 1999. Played two roles on that. Wow, Space 1999. Yeah, let's live on the moon as it blows up. Another thing about uh, Stuart Damon, quite the game player. Yeah, he was on Pyramid. He liked his Pyramid. Yeah, he He was on Pyramid. He loved his Pyramid. Pyramid and Match Game 90, he was on quite a bit, I believe. Well, part of that is... uh, corporate service because again yeah cor- corporate office. synergy yeah, absolutely yeah yeah so yeah may you rest in peace next one clarence williams the third mod squad link yep yeah but that's all also, you need to know that's all you need to know but also he was in half baked and of course there was this immortal scene that I always think of Clarence Williams the third in. Well, you know, I'd be from Jamaica, man. Not a mercy. What part of Jamaica? Right near the beach. Boy! <laughs> yeah, you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, oh, you knew that was going to happen. I-, I really never thought we'd have a half-baked reference in this program. I was actually waiting for it. I just, do you, do you want me to talk? Do you want me to talk about the scene where Harwin Williams gave the diabetic horse food and killed it? Oh no! <laughs> I, I think I'll kindly take a pass on that. Yeah, save that for another episode, there, Greg. Okay, so next up, we have a pair of people from Night Court. Oh uh, yes. For- First one would be Charlie Robinson, who, of course, would be Mac Robinson. And the second one would be Marky Post, who would be of course, Christine Sullivan of Night Court. And uh, those two were just part of the, they were basically the unsung heroes of the ensemble. 
And yeah. we do know them from beyond that, though. Of course we do. Yeah, Charlie Robinson, we've played the clip enough about him on uh, How I Met Your Mother. Play the clip need... again. Yeah, I think we did. It's, it's, it's going in right here, absolutely. That's a penis. But Marky that's, Post... That's uh, a penis. That's a penis. Well, <laughs> that's I'm a penis. Not... I, I, maybe I shouldn't have said Marky Post's name before you said that. <laughs> but Marky Post... She was on Fall Guy. Of course. And also, she did a lot of work in the game show world before she got into acting. Both in front of and behind the cameras. Yeah, she did writing for the original Split Second. She did uh, similar for Double Dare back in 1976 and 77. She was even a card dealer for a while on the original Card Sharks. Yep. So and multifaceted, she, to say the least. She loves her game shows, that's for sure. She sure did, and she was a heck of a pyramid player, too. Pyramid, password, super password, yeah. Oh, yeah. She made the rounds. She did. All right. Oh, this next one, Cloris Leachman. Oh, this was the number person I thought would be around forever. Yeah, Phyllis... And uh, the last two seasons of The Facts of Life. Yeah. Yeah, but also Raising Hope more recently. But yeah, she was another one who was timeless. Absolutely timeless, yes. Yeah. Looking at our list, like the next two or three people are timeless. Yep. Yes. So, so, yeah. Next one, Captain Merrill Steubing himself, Gavin McLeod. Oh, Gavin McLeod. Well, also, don't forget Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore, yes. Speaking of Mary Tyler Moore, Ed Asner, the incomparable uh, Lou Grant. Oh, you'd think he would live forever. It's kind of amazing how the character of Lou Grant went from a situation comedy to an hour-long drama. Yeah. And he got an Emmy for it. Yeah. But also our younger listeners, if there's any younger listeners, uh, why are you listening to this without your parents' permission? But our younger listeners would know Ed Asner as the voice of Carl in the movie Up, one of my favorite, favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I will watch the hell out of that on Disney+. Plus. I really will. And, of course, right before his death, um, Disney Plus released a series of uh, shorts with the character of Carl, voiced by Ed Asner, in a series of segments called Doug Days, which involves, of course, Carl and Doug, the dog from Up. Oh, that's great. Yes. And who doesn't love well, Doug? Well, Greg, no, who doesn't love Doug? Well, Greg, I think it's time to go have a pizza break. Jeez. Uh, nope. <laughs> hey, I heard there was a really good pizzeria at the Burley Gates. Hey. Boy, I wonder who we're talking about. The big ragu himself, Eddie Mecca. And apparently, according to Greg, somebody who orders a good Brooklyn pizza. <laughs> That's another one of those legends that came about when we were watching Match Game Hollywood Squares. It's it a like, goofy inside joke, yes. Yeah, it was like, we were, it was like, Eddie Mecca, isn't he like a little too late for this show? Turns out he was just right for this show. Yeah, just right. Like the bowl of porridge baby bear had. 
Let the bull, hey, I heard this baby forage was just right, hey. Oh, and by the way, I found out that he was on an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in the second season. Yes, hey, he was. was. Hey, that was cool before Danny DeVito was. Hey. He was in the Million Dollar Baby parody episode. Yes, he was. I found that out while listening to the It's Always Sunny podcast today because they were recapping that episode. I tell you what, jerk, why don't you take your big mouth and go someplace else with it? Listen, little buttercup, I'm just busting your old man's balls. You don't have to get your panties in an uproar. Oh, my God. Are you standing there? Come on, move. That guy is such an I got to listen to that podcast. I oh, it, didn't know that was out there. Oh, yeah. It's it's um, Glenn, Mac, and uh, Charlie. They just they recap all their memories of the episodes for like 40 minutes, and it's hilarious. Oh, I got to find that. Oh, our next one. Yafat Kodo. Oh, yeah. Legendary. I mean, TV viewers would know him from Homicide Life on the Street. But, of course, he was in... Of course, the movie Alien. And, of course, he played the heavy in Live and Let Die. Another Bond reference. Yes. It has one of my favorite moments of all time when uh, Roger Moore introduces himself. My name is Bond James. And he interrupts him and says, names are for tombstones, baby. That's one of my favorite moments from that movie. Oh, and also the seven up guys in the movie, too. Yep. That would be I wait, no, Isaiah Mustafa's the old spice guy. <laughs> Who's the seven up guy? The Je- Jeff that Jeffrey guy. I forget his last name. This No, this is what year are you in? Nineteen seventy three was living let die, Chico. Oh, no. Okay, you were right. I got my commercials mixed up, obviously. <laughs> Oh, Jeffrey Holder, the 7-Up guy, was in Live and Let Die. He was the guy who went, crisp and green, no caffeine. Crisp and clean, no caffeine, never had it, <laughs> never win. All right, oh, our next one. Legendary writer from Saturday Night Live and the creator of Square Pegs. And beats. Yes, the uh, yes, Square Pegs, the epitome of best shows that you are not watching. Yeah, one day we'll cover it on this podcast, but I think one of the best cult TV shows of the eighties that lasted one season, Square Pegs. Oh, definitely, right up there. Absolutely, yeah, right up there with Misfits of Science. Nah, nah, I wouldn't compare it to Misfits of Science. That's an insult to Misfits of Science. But, hey, it made Sarah Jessica Parker's career like Wings <laughs> made Tony Shalhoub's career. Yes. But did Tony Shalhoub ever try and get into the in crowd in high school? Did Tony Shalhoub ever marry Matthew Broderick? No. 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 That'd be weird, but whatever. Nah. Well, anyway, next up, oh gosh, the last big champ of the Alex Trebek era, Braden Smith, and so sudden and so young, it was a tragedy when the word came down from that. Yeah, it was. It's just so surreal that 
watching Alex's last shows and he was gone too, like soon after. Yeah, he was like 24, way too young. Yeah. Next one uh, we got is uh, Sean Locke. May not be known to people on this side of the Atlantic, but if you're a fan of 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, he was a regular on that show. Very funny comedian. Uh, Unfortunately, he passed away from cancer earlier this year. And uh, just looking around uh, on uh, social media, uh, comments from other 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown fans, very sad, very shocking. And even for the Christmas special, which aired uh, earlier this week, they did have a little in-memoriam card at the end of the show for him. That's nice. Oh, well, we've talked about this guy on the podcast a number of times. Alex Cord. Oh, yeah. Of course, uh, the guy in the chair on Airwolf. The guy with the eye patch. The guy with the eye Oh, that's right. He has the eye patch. Uh uh, Ernest Borgnine was the guy in the chair. Yeah. I masturbate a lot. Hey, Chico, do you think Ned Leeds ever watched Airwolf? Probably. He's like the kind of guy who would listen to this podcast. While practicing magic? While practicing magic. And also, we should add Alex Cord. He did host Wild West Showdown. Oh, that's right. Alex Cord did host Wild West Showdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was the grizzled old, whatchamacallit, who... Coot? Coot. He is a yeah, grizzled we'll old... We'll call him a coot. Why not? Yes, he is a coot. He's a grizzled old coot who was the proprietor of the Wild West Showdown town. He never broke character once. No. I admire that. Yes, I do. Oh, our next one. Wow. Oh, God. Legendary. Steven Sondheim. Talk about legendary composers. He is the most legendary. I mean, we're talking about uh, the soundtrack to Broadway itself. Yeah. And he passed away, like, not too long before the uh, West Side Story remake came out. I know, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the original West Side Story. Uh, you know what? Would you believe I've never seen the original West Side Story in my life? Never? No, never. What, you need to see it. What? I know. I should. I, I'm shocked. I, I, it's like, that was one of the first movies I've ever seen. Well, you'd think I would see it because Richard Bremer and Russ Tamblyn are in it, and they were both in Twin Peaks, so you'd think I'd have to see it because... With all and due also, respect to and them, also Rita Moreno. Thank you. With all due respect to them, and Natalie, Natalie Wood. I mean, you need to see that. Yeah, Seriously. I should. I should. You see do that. need to see that. You On, need to watch. You know, sit down and watch the original. I and, and all the good music in it. I mean, that, okay. the, don't yeah, the, the acting is great, but the music is spectacular. Oh my gosh! Oh yes. Hey guys, I have a question. Do you think there's ever a rumble whenever the Winnipeg Jets and San Jose Sharks play? <laughs> oh, he knows that, but he doesn't know the rest of the movie. I, I'm done with this. Oh, I, oh it's gosh. basically Romeo and Juliet, but in, 1960s. in 1950s New York. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what it is. If you've seen Romeo and Juliet, you get the plot. Basically. All right. More or less. Well. Oh my god, legendary director 
who got his start on TV, directed some episodes of Gilgan's Island, but directed some of the best movies. We're talking Superman the movie. We're talking your lethal weapons. You're talking the omens. You're talking the Goonies. Richard Donner. And the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2 is the stuff legends are made of. Oh, yes. If you have not seen the uh, Richard Donner cut of Superman 2, you owe it to yourself to grab the Blu-ray. I'm sure it's like 10 bucks on Amazon because it's been out for so long. And actually, at the time I'm recording this, you can buy a brand new copy on Amazon for $7.81. But, yeah. I mean, some of the most iconic movies of the era. I mean, Superman the movie one of the most iconic superhero movies of all time, but also The Goonies. Come the on. The Goonies. That's all you need to say. The Goonies. The Goonies. But also, hey, to tie it back into It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, he directed Lethal Weapons 1 through 4, but we all know that Mac, Dennis, and Charlie made classics with their own version of Lethal Weapon in 5, 6, and 7. Can you believe, guys, they got Don Cheadle for Lethal Weapon 7? I'm, uh, no, I'm not falling into that trap either. No. Next, we have John Paragon. If the name doesn't sound familiar, perhaps the role does. Jombie on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, yes. Mecca lecca hi, mecca lecca hi, ni ho. Mecca lecca hi, mecca hi, ni ho. Hey, guys. Do you want to hear a crazy Greg's dad story? We haven't had one in a while. Go for it. Okay. All right. So one time, me and my brother, this must have been the mid thousands we were watching like i guess it was like yankees orioles game on yes or something right and, J- and J- who comes up to the plate for the yankees but jason giambi so my dad comes up and says <laughs> oh, no. i love i love oh, no. stories that begin with greg saying my dad says my <laughs> dad <laughs> says as jason giambi is introduced <laughs> Jombie, wasn't he on Pee Wee's Playhouse? (laughs) (laughs) So now every time I think of Jombie, I think of Jason Jombie's face. That's not even the right spelling. No! Oh my gosh. <laughs> he just, my dad heard Jason Jombie, and his first thought was Jombie from Huey's Playhouse. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh my gosh. Moving on very quickly. Yes. Uh, Michael Constantine. You'd know him primarily from. My big fat Greek wedding. He was uh, Nia Vardalos's father in that movie. Yes, mm-hmm. but, but also he had a, a, a very long TV career. Uh, he was on Room Two Twenty Two back in the sixties and seventies. He was the principal, I believe, on that show. Yes, and, and also he was the judge on Sirota's Court back in the late seventies, which a lot of people believe is the inspiration for Night Court. Oh. If you've ever seen the opening, the only thing you can find online is the opening, but you could definitely sort of get a 
night court type of vibe from that opening, especially because, and I think this is true, Greg. Yeah. I think Billy Barty is in the opening. Oh, there's a short person. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Billy Barty. It's either him or Patty Maloney. It looked like a male to me. Okay. So probably Billy Barty. It it may be Billy Barty. Who knows? But yeah, that's a big loss. And Oh, speaking of big losses. Oh, Tony Mendez. Uh huh. Q card man for David Letterman over the years. So great in so many skits for Dave over the years. And Don Giller, I think, uh, when uh, Tony passed away, posted a massive, I think, seven part video tribute of like all the compilations of all the stuff Tony did throughout the years on Dave. So if you can get a chance to check it out, do it because, man, that is massive. So. Very sad loss. Very sad loss indeed. Yeah, didn't really do anything in terms of acting on other shows, but he was a crucial part to the Letterman success. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, this one's sort of big. Richard Gilliland. The hapless Mark, I guess you could call him, from Just Our Luck. Well, also he was on Designing Women. Yeah. And and related to Designing Women. He he was married to... Yeah, his he was wife married is... to Gene Smart. He was yes. married to Gene Smart. Yeah. Yes. And I think he was he was mentioned by Gene Smart when she won the Emmy uh, this year for Hacks. Wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised. Would not be surprised. Yeah, because I, I know because I because I watched the speech. Yeah, he's mentioned in the in her speech. So, but yeah, very long career. And uh, hey, one day we'll eventually cover just our luck. And we did talk about him because he was on a week of go. Yes, he was. Yes, he was on a week of go. Yes, with, um, was it? Oh, Lynn Redgrave. One episode from that week was on faux pause, I think. Back in 98 on GSN, so. Next one, uh, Gumfer from Friends, James Michael Tyler, the owner of Central Perk. Yep. He, he was, made uh, that show. Oh, he did. Not really a big Friends guy, but he was very good on that show, so. He was. He was 59 years old, just shy of 60. Oh, this was a tragic death. Uh, Michael K. Williams, who played Omar Little on The Wire. Never watched The Wire. Everyone tells me it's a great show. and um, It is an awesome show. You should probably see it. I bet it's on HBO Max. Oh, it probably is. Oh, I put money on that, yeah. And uh, I believe, did, what, didn't Idris Elba get his start on The Wire? Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, how old was Michael K. Williams when he passed away? It had to be, like, what, mid-40s, I think? Michael K. Williams was 54. Oh, okay. I was way off. Yeah. And By it about was, a uh, decade. Drug, drug intoxication. Oh. Ooh. Greg, I think you were mistaking... Michael K. Williams with our next entry. Dustin Diamond. Oh, wow. Cancer sucks. Indeed. And obviously, we all know him uh, as Screech, Saved by the Bell. But yeah, he was only, I think, 44 when he passed away. Yeah. And in uh, the second season of the Saved by the Bell reboot on Peacock, there is a nice little tribute to Dustin Diamond at the end of the first episode of season two. I gotta see that. 
And another very tragic, very sad cancer death. Willie Garson. Yeah. Wow. Sex in the City. That's the big one, yeah. Sex in the City. But he was also on an episode of... Um, he did a guest spot on Quantum Leap at the beginning of the fifth season. Do you know who he played in the uh, episode of Quantum Leap? Who's that? Lee Harvey Oswald. Really? It's the epic two-parter where Sam leaps into Lee Harvey Oswald. It is an incredible two-parter of Quantum Leap if you ever see it. Also, Willie Garson, uh, he was on Celebrity Poker Showdown on Bravo back in the mid-aughts. And he was actually a semi-regular celebrity on 25 Words or Less. Yes. Yep. And a good celebrity at that. Great game player. I think, was he on Pyramid in the uh, Donnie Osmond Pyramid, if I recall correctly? I think you're correct. Yeah. yeah. You are correct. Well, our next one, Frank Bonner from WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. He made the role of Herb Tarlick. Oh, and also, Mike, you're going to yeah. love this. Yeah. Frank Bonner sold Henry the refrigerator Sherry was trapped in. Oh, oh no! It's all Frank Bonner's fault. It was you all th- Frank. I thought you said I was going to love this. No, he said I was going to love this. <laughs> Why would you love it? Mike's the one who always brings up Sherry being trapped in the refrigerator. Punker. And also, we should mention, uh, he was on Just the Ten of Us. He was Father Hargus. Oh, yeah, he was on Just the Ten of Us. Yeah. I had forgotten he was on Just the Ten of Us. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, this is a big. This is a biggie. Willard Scott. Oh, wow. Weber Van no, another person who legitimately you thought could live forever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You wanted him to get to 100. Oh, yes. He wanted, we wanted to honor him for honoring so many. Yeah, I would always love when he would honor the uh, people that were 100, sponsored by Schmuckers. But also, I, I hopefully we'll get around to it when we get to the period when he's hosting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parades. Well, probably about maybe, what, two or three years before he starts hosting them regularly. But, oh, God, he was so great on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade every year. He was. Yeah. And, of course, don't forget, he was the original Ronald McDonald in McDonald's commercial. Yeah, that's right. He was the original Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Okay, next one. Oh, Michael Nesmith. Uh, Wool hat from the monkeys. It's hard to believe that now, I think three-fourths of the monkeys are gone now. I think Mickey Dolans is like the lone surviving monkey. Mickey Dolans? Yeah. Yeah. Because Peter Tork died, I think, a number of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Then, and, and Davy Jones, I believe, was the Davey first Davy Jones monkey. has been a decade or so, yeah. No, Davy Jones was the first monkey to die. Yeah, hard to believe. It's already been a decade since he died. Wow. Didn't Michael Nesmith's mother invent liquid paper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So every time you make a mistake on the whiteout, just remember, 
Michael Nesmith's mother made it possible. Indeed. And then there's somebody we actually covered on a previous installment. Christopher Plummer. What wasn't he in? Square pegs? Wings? Yeah, prove us wrong. But, hey, he was the Klingon baddie in Star Trek VI. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the Klingon baddie who was quoting Shakespeare. Oh, guys, guys, you're not going to believe this. I was watching Star Trek VI, actually, like two weeks ago, because that's what I do when I have some time to kill. I'm like, you know what? So you feel like watching Star Trek VI tonight. And you know what I found out that I didn't realize? What's that? John Chuck reprised his role as the Klingon ambassador in Star Trek VI. What? Sadly, he did not say, Starfleet regulations, that's outrageous! (laughs) Oh, no. But also, Christopher Plummer, the sound of music. And Christopher Plummer gave us one of the greatest gifts of all time, of him tearing the Nazi flag. Yeah! My all-time favorite gif on the internet. Whenever I feel down, I was like, you know what? I'm going to search the gif of Christopher Plummer tearing that damn Nazi flag apart. It always makes me happy. And also, he was in Knives Out. Also, I think he posthumously gave a clue on Jeopardy. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, hey. Also, remember... He filmed all his scenes of all the money in the world in like one week after Kevin Spacey got caught for doing what he did. And he got nominated for an Oscar for doing one week's worth of film. Good for you, Christopher Plummer. Well, that happens. I mean, Marlon Brando, he was in Superman for what, like seven or eight minutes? And he got paid out the wazoo. Yeah, but he didn't replace an actor on, like, extremely short notice just so they could get the release ready for Christmas. Well, that's a valid point, yes. Also speaks to how fast, like, film gets turned around these days. All right, next one. Oh, Charles Grodin. Wow. Man, what a... We'd all best remember him from Beethoven. Beethoven, yes. Yeah. But he was a frequent guest on the late night talk show circuit on Letterman and Carson. And also, don't forget, maybe about 25, 30 years ago, he had his own talk show on CNBC. That's right. What was it? Groden Live? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was either Groden Live or just Groden. Yeah. Yeah. But also, he was in the movie Clifford with Martin Short, one of the most underrated movies of all time. Clifford. Oh, and one day we will get around to covering this on the podcast. He was the host of an SNL episode in 1977. That's the most meta episode of Saturday Night Live ever, where he, like, pretends like he... So the whole concept of this episode of SNL is he skips the dress rehearsal, and he has no idea that the show is live. So he's, like, completely in character, like... He's so confused by how this show works. It is so amazing. So one day we will cover that episode on the podcast. 
All right. Our next uh, person, ah, Jessica Walter. Another legend. Oh, my gosh. Arrested Development, uh, Archer. Archer, yeah. Uh, he, she was on Dinosaurs. She played the voice of Fran. Oh, that's right. She was the voice of Fran Sinclair on Dinosaurs. Of course, now on Disney Plus, you can stream all the episodes of Dinosaurs and get all the not the mamas you want, including that classic episode where Chico. Remember the episode where Robbie did implied that Robbie did steroids. I remember that. Yeah, Dash on Funnier Die did a very special episode about the episode where. Robbie got checked on steroids, but they couldn't call it steroids because you can't say steroids on TGIF. No, you couldn't. Peter Scolari. I think all we need to say is Newhart and Bosom Buddies. That's right. And we did mention him last month uh, when we were talking about the CBS Thanksgiving Day Parade. Was he one of those that was in Philadelphia? He was with Philadelphia with Anna Alicia. Yeah, he did the Philadelphia portion of the parade. So, mm-hmm. and also as I mentioned, uh, Tom Hanks did a wonderful uh, tribute about Peter on um, an episode of Jimmy Kimmel Live. If you can find that clip on YouTube, highly suggest you check it out. Very uh, touching segment. May you rest in peace. Oh, but our next one, Ron Popeil. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Mr. Microphone, Mr. Ronco. Pocket Fisherman. I I remember him from the infomercials in the 90s, including the the Pasta Maker. The Pasta Maker and and also the Rotisserie Grill, the the, the Showtime Rotisserie Grill. The Showtime Rotisserie. Set it and forget it. Set it and forget it. Yep legendary TV spokesperson, to say the least. Oh, by the way, I found a clip on uh, Coden's YouTube channel with Ron Popeil where he demonstrates... Remember he had spray-on hair? Yes, he did. Oh, my... Yeah, I remember him with the spray-on hair. Oh, guess who he got for the spray-on hair? Hold on a second to demonstrate it. I got the clip right here. Like, like a whole book of just these phrases. Well, at least a half a page. Oh. Oh, no. Well, this is. <laughs> let me let me ask book. you about the GLH spray. What does GLH stand for? It's an amazing, uh, great-looking hair. Okay. When I heard about this for the first time, <laughs> of course I'm such an idiot. And <laughs> there's nothing forget, to see there. Forget pal. it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget uh, it. The GLH spray. Yeah. Now, when I first heard about this, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> You're balding, so you take some black spray paint and just cover it, and voila. Yet you, it's more than that, is it not? It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great, great product. I've got to show you how it works, though. That's, that's what I'd love to do. Now, why show you how it works. All right, show me how it works. Yeah. It's, um, actually, I got the idea from Raven, but uh, are we going to do someone in your audience? Yeah, yeah, well, we actually have a band member that. who's, well, he's a little thinning on top. La Bamba, come here. Yeah, come here. He La got La Bamba. Give a hand for La Bamba. <laughs> and, then, and then I want you... <laughs> 
Oh, we'll take care yeah. of that. La Bamba Let's first. Turn Let's turn around and show everybody the ball Let's spot. Let's see the problem here. you can see my bald spot also. Oh, I'll yeah, but they're cute yeah. together. Yeah. It's nice. Just <laughs> Hi there. Let's do this real fast, okay? Now, can I ask what is in here? Because he's a band member of mine, and I feel responsible. What is actually in GLH? It's, it's something that's going to make him disappear. You wanted to get rid of him, didn't you? Mm, no? Please. No, I'll no? do the jokes. Okay. Now, uh... <laughs> Wasn't a bad joke. It wasn't a bad. We're friends. Okay, we're friends. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this fast. It's a, why it's called GLH number nine. Right. What was wrong with one through eight? What uh, happened? It didn't work too good. So the ninth, the ninth time it worked. Okay. Okay. Go. Oh my God. Oh, this is not dark brown. It's burning his flesh off. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Then, oh, Look at just, that. That's amazing. Uh, well, no, it's not amazing. How, when does the steam go oh, away? Let's, let's it looks right. like an Irish moor. All right. That's nice. And then you cover and you, it over? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's real hair. What do you think, folks? That's amazing. Now... It's amazing. He had no gray hair before the GLH went on. And he had little streaks of gray hair afterward. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's... Kind of weird, actually. I was trying to figure it out. I was like, okay, nobody noticed the bald spot, but everybody notices the weird patch of gray hair that doesn't match with the rest of the hair. Well, it wasn't even really a patch of gray hair. It was like a little streak of gray hair. It was like the whole stung, bald spot turned gray. It was a little streaking. Well, it's temporary hair. I mean... Well, well and also, I don't really think Ron Popeil or Conan would purposely be like, hey, there's a gray streak in there. Phew, sales go downhill. Yeah. But hey. Ron Popeil was a genius marketer. He knew what to say and what not to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Microphone. And hey, how many people have a song about them by Weird Al? Right. CNR. Well, yeah, that is true. But Ron Popeil's Weird Al song is pretty great. But, oh, Paul Mooney. Oh, God. He was, like, one of the... It's like, okay, Dave Chappelle, a Chappelle show. Enough about him. Let's talk about Paul Mooney on Chappelle's show. Oh, Paul Mooney's appearances on Chappelle's show. They were some of the all-time great segments on that show. (laughs) Negro Domus. Was ask a black person, and Paul Mooney would say things that uh, I would never say on this podcast. I say some really dumb stuff, but I don't go as far as he does. No, no he don't. go. He went there, and then some. You do, yes. You you say a bunch of things that, yeah. That would probably get you canceled in 2021. But I believe he wrote for Richard Pryor, didn't he, Paul Mooney? Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, so. Well, you know, well, and not just that. He actually also was a writer on the SNL episode, uh, the season one episode, which Pryor hosted. Yeah, and I think, did he write that legendary sketch with Pryor and uh, Chevy Chase? With the words that we can't mention, oh yes, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I know which one you're talking I about. Would, We're not. Gonna I get, would not be. Su- I would not be surprised either. I, no, that, that would probably thinking about. Yeah, that has Paul Moody written all over it. Yeah. Yep. 
But now we're getting into some of the heavy hitters. And, oh, Dean Stockwell. Yeah, we just mentioned earlier Quantum Leap. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much him and Scott Bakula drove that show throughout its five years on NBC. I would not disagree. And I'll say this. Al was the key component of that show because it's like you have to have somebody like trying to make sense of the situation for Dr. Sam Beckett and the character of Al was very good at trying to explain the situation that helped us, the audience, understand the situation of each episode. Legendary career. I think he was a child actor, I think, going back to like the 30s or 40s. Oh, yeah. But also, he was nominated for an Academy Award for uh, Best Supporting Actor, I think, for Married to the Mob back in like 88. So yeah, a long, legendary career. And hey, Quantum Leap. Hey, we covered it earlier this year with the uh, the wrestling episode. And I think one day I will want to talk about the episode where Sam left into a chimp. That happened. There was an episode of Quantum Leap where Sam left into a chimp. I vaguely remember that. Okay. Oh, George Siegel. Speaking of heavies, yeah. What hasn't he done in his lifetime? Yeah, we're talking about just shoot me the patriarch of the Goldbergs. He had to be like what in his nineties when he passed? No, he was eighty-seven. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think he hit ninety, but I knew he was uh, older than eighty-five. Wow. Oh. But I mean, his career goes back to the sixties, and, and, and we're talking about film career and TV career. Uh, nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actor for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Yeah, just absolute legend. Semi-frequent Carson guest. He voiced Benton C. Quest on The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest back in the mid-90s. Wow. Yeah. I did not realize that. Is that the one that had uh, J.D. Roth in it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. Oh, Larry King. If you don't know who Larry King is, what podcast are you even listening to? Well, was there one person who Larry King did not interview, like, over his long I can't think career? Of a, I was like, I can't think of a person that Larry King did not interview. I mean, and, and he was one of the last great interviewers. He, as a... Uh, Gordon Pepper, friend of the show, likes to say he would put fires out with gasoline. Yes. And of course, he was uh, on many different uh, television shows over the years. I remember he was on an ep- an episode, one of my all-time favorite episodes of 30 Rock when Tracy Jordan was on Larry King. And he was talking about how there's like like one of the financial markets crashed or something, and Tracy was talking about how the next day, like it'll be like the 1970s all over again. New York City may not even exist by tomorrow, and they're treating him like he's like some sort of expert on the subject. 
Oh, oh boy. But then he scores a basket, even though he's not a wolf anymore. We're here with Tracy Jordan, who just recounted, by the way, the entire plot of the movie Teen Wolf. What? Oh, hold on, Tracy. My producers are telling me there is breaking news. The Asian financial markets have just opened to a huge sell-off. And we're going to switch to that story right now. Good. I'm glad I'm here. Your thoughts, Tracy Jordan, on how this is going to impact Wall Street. Larry, I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. New York, as we know it, will no longer exist tomorrow. Expand on that. Look, I grew up here, Larry, in the days before Starbucks. And if Wall Street crashes, it'll be the 1970s all over again. People will get mean. The streets won't be safe. It'll be graffiti everywhere. And the movies will only cost $3. Tracy Jordan saying three serious things and then a joke. (laughs) Well, and also, we did mention him in the past because he was a central figure on To Tell the Truth in 1980. Yes, he was. Yep. That, That was before he hit the big time. So nobody would have recognized him back in 1980. He primarily was a radio host back then. Yeah. Ah, Norm MacDonald. I think this hurt more than just about anybody this year because he hit it so well. Yes. And it was very unexpected. I mean, he was only, I think, about 60 or so. 61. But, But yeah, he just... He didn't come out publicly and say, I have cancer or I'm sick. It was a total, it was just a a knockout punch. You did not expect it. And again, what wasn't he on in like the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s? Well, he had his own show, obviously. And also got his big start with SNL. Yep. Yep. And arguably, you'd say maybe one of the greatest weekend update anchors of all time. It's like he did the slow play when it came to uh, anchoring update. It's like, okay, here he is anchoring update. Nobody really gets it. And then all of a sudden, we're watching it 20 years on. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, I got it. Like, this is him. This is his character. One of my all time good. He was that good. One of my all okay. One of my all time favorite Norm Macdonald weekend update moments was okay. Remember the Mary Kay Laduro thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the punchline being Norm saying. And finally, in Burien, Washington, elementary school teacher Mary Kay Laduro pled guilty this week to having sex with a sixth grade student whose child she bore in May. Miss Letourneau has been branded as a sex offender, or as the kids refer to her, the greatest teacher ever. Her students ended up calling her the greatest teacher of all time. I was 13 years old, and I was 1-800-235-DEAD. Oh, him, not just that joke, but anytime he talked about O.J. Simpson, oh, still looking for the real killers. And I bet you somewhere Don Olheimer was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> this is also, how he I, won, folks. Also, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that he voiced the pigeon on Mike Tyson Mysteries, one of the really good Adult Swim series 
of the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. He was so awesome on Mike Tyson Mysteries. And he had that same sarcasm. Yes. And he also voiced a similar character on the Orville, only instead of a pigeon, it was a blob of slime. A blob of slime. A blob of sarcastic slime. Yep. And I always would love, like, on his Twitter account, how, like... He would randomly talk about golf. Like, seriously. He would be seriously live watching golf. And I would be fascinated. It's Norm MacDonald, and he's tweeting about golf. Like, there's no joke to it. It's just, it's Norm MacDonald tweeting about golf. Like, he really loved golf. I didn't know that. I knew he liked his poker, but I didn't know he liked golf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a big uh, poker player on television. Yeah, he was. But, oh, we saved the best for last. Yep. And I would say this man, an icon of this podcast. Indeed. Alan Coulter. Seriously, what couldn't he do? I mean, he could be the straight man. He could be the voice. And... He could also be that guy who is just an absolute what must go on in his head. But also, I think more than anything else, he was very charitable. He had a huge heart. Yes. He he did. He really did. But around these parts, I mean, we talk about him quite a bit, not just for Letterman. We talked about him uh, announcing several shows, including, God, how many entries? $50,000 Pyramid? Money Maze, To Tell the Truth in 1980, and also uh, his big role, I think, at least before Letterman, being the USA announcer. Yeah, the voice of the USA Network. Indeed. Oh, and by the way, I think... absolute legend, yeah. And by the way, I think last week I found a Game Boy commercial that Alan Coulter did voiceover for. I think it was, like, right around the time the Game Boy came out. I'm like... God damn, that's Alan Coulter doing the voiceover for the Game Boy on this commercial. The Martians are coming! Yes, and Mario is your only hope. Team up with him in Super Mario Land. Guide him on the Nintendo Game Boy. Challenge the mysteries and terrors of ancient Egypt. Battle all the horrors of the deep. Master lots of weird worlds to give Mario a happy ending and make your world a better place. Super Mario Land and other exciting games for Game Boy, Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, portable power. It's like, what did he do? Like, wow. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the USA Network stuff, like every time I try to find a classic commercial break for the uh, Place to Be Nation cuts, if I can find any promo of Ernie Anderson from ABC, and anything related to Alan Coulter from the USA Network. Those are my top two go-tos. I'm like, I gotta find something from Ernie, and I gotta find something from Alan. If I can, like, find something where, you know, like, Alan Coulter's, like, saying, hey, like, tomorrow on USA Network, like, I don't know, like, silk stockings or something. I wouldn't have done the silk stockings. Oh, yeah, I probably wouldn't, but uh, probably would have done maybe, like, the USA Network movies or something. Oh, movies, definitely. Movies of the week. Let's even simplify it more. He, I know he did 
the the game show block ads. Oh yeah, definitely. Stay tuned for Bullseye or Jackpot. Yeah. Stay tuned for bumper stumpers after this CODIS news break. And with all due respect to Alan, him doing a, a promo for Silk Stockings, that's a boner killer. Good night, everybody. How do you... Hey, given the fact that his character on Letterman was a sexual deviant... Oh, boy. Oh, no. How do you know he wouldn't have been right at home in an episode of Silk Stockings? I didn't say anything about he wouldn't be at home in an episode of Silk Stockings. I just said him saying, coming up next on uh, USA Network, Silk Stockings. No, I'm going limp all of a sudden. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, dear God. Stay tuned for more of Mike Klaus's sexual dysfunctions next on this podcast. Oh, dear God. If you can just Google on YouTube anything of Alan Coulter from Letterman... I guarantee you, you will have a smile on your face every time. You will. You will just go to Don Giller's channel. That's really all you need to do. He's got more than enough Calter footage. Yeah. So, yeah, do that. A very late entry to our list of people who passed in 2021 who actually passed after we recorded this episode. I think we need to pay our respects to John Madden because not only was he a really great NFL coach. Not only was he the namesake of probably the most successful sports franchise in video game history, but also for ages, he and Pat Summerall were one of the best duos at calling football games for decades. We're at least going back to the 70s, all the way up until uh, with Fox, in the late 2000s. So an absolute legend who unfortunately we lost on the 28th of uh, December after we uh, recorded this episode. And one more late breaking passing that we have to report on New Year's Eve of all days. uh, We lost Betty White at 99. Absolute legend. What can we say about her? So guys, that's 2021. We had some highs, we had some lows, we had some conversation, we had some controversy, but we had, more than anything, a whole lot of things on TV. And hey, in 2022, can you believe this is going to be the fourth year of this podcast? Yep, we were... Well, not we the were, fourth complete year, but yeah. Yeah, I was like, we were thinking of... Things that are special, things with meaning, things with purpose, things that could stimulate conversation. And, well, this is the best we could do. Take a listen. Baseball Night in America, a regionalized concept. You'll see a game in your region that's important to those of you in those particular areas. It also gives us the capability of updating games as never before. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the premiere of Baseball Night in America as we take you out to the ball games. I love you guys, man. You know, you, you remind me of my kids. Oh, you got kids, Maniac? Nah, not anymore. That he's certifiably nuts and apparently suicidally depressed because during rehearsals, he would come soaring down from the top of this mountain. <laughs> 
and just bam with the thud that you thought the thing had to have broken its neck. It was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Slid down the window, hit the ground, flapped around, apparently knocked senseless. Now I'm thinking the bird's trying to kill itself. Cursor, I need something a little less flashy. What does it matter where I'm going? Zippers? Don't be silly, Cursor. Why would I want to go there? In the galaxy of Kentucky, the fight for justice continues. Hey, you T-bone my cruiser. Oh, big insurance. Help me, Daryl Isaacs. You're my only hope. On my way. Each year across the country, there are thousands of pet disputes. Those who want their cases tried by the best know there's only one man they can turn to, and he is thirsty for pet justice. Come here, dog. Whoa! I can read Move out! Ain't it? Are you slinging fake monkeys? That was very abusive, right? Justice was served. Justice was served. You're welcome. Yay! That makes sense? No, Gary Busey. Just last night, I was lost in the jungle with Pitfall Harry, surrounded by giant scorpions and man-eating crocodiles. Say you didn't get this one, Bones. Oh, yes, I did. But it has... Someday I'll learn. Aye, Captain. But you've got to admit, if we've got to have tribbles, it's best if all our tribbles are little ones. With a special appearance by Gilbert Godfrey as the voice of Napoleon. something yes, what are the rules I, I, I love to hear rules what i need the rules of the game do you like rules i dig rules well i've got some for you in a minute but before you go you watch them every day on stumpers here on nbc and if all of your fans watch this show we got to be a hit we're together back to back you bet you now wait a minute if you pass the store on the way home would you give me a couple of dozen light bulbs <laughs> thank you alan <laughs> alan loving ladies and gentlemen what is your prescription for charlie and to kind of cure his wild side uh charlie needs to stay single you know, if he's still having a problem for whatever it is, it might be. Uh, he had the beautiful Denise Richards, if I'm... If I'm oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, the beautiful yeah. Denise Richards. You know, they have two beautiful children together. And now this situation here, I don't understand why people continue to get divorced and then get married. And then you get divorced, and he's going to get married again, even after this. Mm -hmm. You know, remember I said it. Why, why do they continue to do that? Like, they, they can't deal without that someone up under them. 
Well, I mean, you have to question, you know, the women that are getting into relationships with him. Are too. they there for, what are they there for? Because, I mean, obviously going into these relationships, they, they know what they're getting into. They know what has happened, you know, prior. He should have the highest paid publicist because this guy, no matter what he does, he, he, he comes out on top. He, he comes still out on top, remains on top. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. He still remains on top. For the next water country. I got credit. I don't leave home without it. He discovers credit cards. You give people plastic and they give you stuff. He discovers shopping. Ooh. I spend so good, they send me more credit cards. He discovers the bill. Credit card junkie going crazy with credit cards. I am plastic monkey on my back. On water country. You watching this at home, worship me. I command you, become my wedding crows and live eternally. That's all for this edition of the People's Court. Oh, the sweet, sublime feeling of complete obedience to your evil master. Come, serve me, the prince of darkness. I command it. Serve me. Wait, 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 wait. Obey me. Obey me. Emma Smith. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I can tell a lot. You gotta tell me. Who won the Super Bowl? The game was last night? You know, once you win two or three of those things, it's kind of like, eh. But you're Emmett Smith. You're a football player. It's Super Bowl Sunday. What could possibly be more important than football? Dance, my friend. Dance. This is what they think of us in Japan. Hey guys, you know what? I haven't cashed in my money in the bank for 2022 yet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm oh, not, boy. I'm not cashing it now, but I'm just warning you. You got, like, five months. I'm going to tease you for it. I'm going to tease everybody. What will it be? Well, you're going to have to find out in 2022. Oh, wow. Well, while we're waiting for that, you can visit us at it was a thing on TV.com where you can find... All of our previous entries, all of our mini-sodes, and of course links to all of our socials, and to our good friends at the Place to Be Nation, where I believe we have uh, both Christmas specials we did. Yeah, I you know, I decided you know I'm going to release this, the Year in Review, as its own episode, so I think the last drop we have, which I don't, is going to be, uh, which would have come out on Wednesday, which is tomorrow, or the other, I don't know how we're going to work this out, but... Yeah, I put in as a three-episode drop, Leprechaun's Christmas Gold, Twas the Night Before Christmas with Paul Lent, and Rudolph's Shiny New Year, because, hey, Christmas and New Year's, let's all put them in one big happy bunch. Yes, let's put them all in one big happy bunch. 
And in the meantime, uh, all of our episodes, not only are they available on it was the thing on TV.com, but also available where fine podcasts can be streamed. And for the most part, available on YouTube. And if you do visit us on YouTube, don't forget to like our videos, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell! Ding, 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 ding. So you can stay up to date on our future installments. Um, what are we going to kick off 2022 with, I wonder? Well, we have a couple of really good entries. One was seemingly lost until somebody actually put up a decent episode guide to it. So we're going to read that episode guide. Imagine for a second a, uh, a side player on what's happening getting their own show. What? Yeah. Hey, what hold- people... Did Rerun get his own show? Oh, Rerun. What's happening was the Rerun show. Oh. No. Uh, we're, you know what? We're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. But first... Well, hey, guys. Next week is college ball season. It's New Year's, so it only means one thing. It's time to go bowling. Not that kind of bowling. Oh, I was about to get my ball. But it's time to have our New Year's ball games. So what happened back in the late aughts when the national championship was on a network that barely covered college football? I don't know. What happened? I bet we'll have plenty of things to say about it. Yes. And I guarantee you, given one of the announcers who was involved in these games, hint, there's going to be a reference to Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos? Yeah. So we have bowling and we have a what's happening deuteragonist in her own show. I just spoiled it, didn't I? Yes. Eh. Eh. That's all coming up as we kick off 2022 right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you ever so much for listening over the past year, and have a very, very happy new year. Have a very safe happy new year. Remember to be healthy, remember to be kind, and we will see you next time! Wow! Alright, now wait a minute. Now she's gonna ruin it. <laughs> she is good. Once more, this... Charles Nelson Raleigh's gotten me to make a fool of myself oh. on network this television. This just came from all of us to you. Oh. It's are uh, you've heard of the changing of the guard? Yes. This is, is the famous moment in our show where we change our sign to make way for Match Gang 79. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. Hold, hold everything now. No, no, everything's going to be all right. I'll give you a hand here, Charles. You're unscrewing the old one there, and it's all unhooked. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> all right. There it is. A happy and healthy New Year to Thank everybody. You. Happy and New thanks Year. Thanks It don't work, friend. It don't work. Is that it? You got to plug there it in. Is. is it on? Is it on? Turn it on.
Rodcast.